0: You are listening to the Gateway Church located in Fariesburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, when I were when we were thinking and planning about this weekend, we started dreaming like, man, who could come and speak, who could be with us, and uh, right at the very, very top. In fact, we didn't even consider anyone else, honestly. Uh, we we knew that if we could get Pastor Jeff Grinnell to be with us, it would be a win. And Pastor Jeff was the planting pastor uh, at for the Gateway Church in 2001. And what's interesting is I've known Pastor Jeff for a lot of years. Uh, When I was a student in youth group, he was leading worship at camps and traveling as an evangelist. And he was a youth pastor before that in Grand Rapids, at Grand Rapids First. And, and, uh, And he was already being a blessing to me as a young man. And then I got my first ministry position in Dayton, Ohio. And Pastor Jeff, uh, I was excited to go serve Pastor Danny Brown. And about three or four weeks into us being there, conversation started that Pastor Jeff Grinnell might be coming to be on staff as a youth pastor. And I couldn't believe it. I'm serious. I'm like... I'm gonna to get to work with Jeff Grinnell. I mean, that, I was so excited. And then it, then it happened. You came and, and you served with us there. And then the Lord, we kind of launched you, and the Lord launched you to uh, West Michigan here to plant the church. And man, as I reflect on the last 20 years, uh, being a part of that entire journey, I, I want to say thank you for listening to those Holy Spirit nudges. And I know you mentioned first service, you're not really a pastor. Uh, you're, you're a pastor, but, uh, but, but, you, but I get what you're saying. But I'm glad you took the risk because my family and all these people and then those hundreds of people that have given their hearts to Jesus and been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit... It's all part of uh, what, what the, those seeds of prayer and, and I'm grateful to you and I've looked up to you and I do want to say uh, when, I, when you first came to Bethel Christian and we were serving on staff, you asked me to speak in the youth one night as a kids pastor coming in and speaking and which I love that cross, pollination of uh, ministries, which was great and you introduced me And I I think I've shared this with you before, but he introduced me as a man of God. And when you said that, I'm like, who's he talking about, right? (laughs) I mean, I was just a young man, but, but I took that... As a as a prophetic word, and I have tried to live up to that with God's help, and I appreciate you seeing something in me that I didn't maybe even see in myself at that point, and uh, so I'm going to return the favor, and I want to introduce a man of God, a worshipper, a lover of people. His name is Jeff Grinnell. He's my friend. I love you, man.
1: Wow. I believe that I've seen your character and what a joy to pass on what God did here in us, you know, originally to a friend, you know, so I, it's something that we've, we've talked about even as a family, when you are in ministry, ministry is about relationships, isn't it? It's just not about the platform. It's just not about leadership meetings and whatever. It's about relationships. So. Wow, I mean, just coming onto this campus yesterday was like uh, a highlight man i was I was coming I remember can I tell you a few stories because we don 't have a service after this <laughs> till next week Lock over, Lock <laughs> so I do know your mind can only endure with the seat can, and the kids are over there too, and they 're going to be running through the place in a minute, so but anyway, I can remember be, uh, yesterday coming onto this campus because me and a couple of the board members at the time walked this property, and we wanted this property. It just wasn't the right timing, and uh, they weren't you know, ready to sell. So we're like, okay. So we went to the bowling alley, <laughs> and we we're just like, let's just keep trying buildings, and, you know, and uh, they weren't ready. And we were, I remember going through that bowling alley. It's not even there now and the ceiling was coming down on us while we were walking through. And I was thinking, do we really want this building? (laughs) And Of course we do. We'd knock it down and build another one, right, or whatever, figure out how to pay for it later. (laughs) And uh, then uh, the cruisers, that, that, yeah, the the Craigs Cruisers place, and different ideas, and meet at the mall, let's just take over the mall, and you know, whatever, so. Yeah, and then to, to drive onto this and to see that God closed the deal and to hear all of the great things that are going on, to see many of your faces. I know some of you were this high, right, and uh, in a moment, Anna's going to sing, and uh, I, I dedicated her. I can't even believe that. I was like 15 or 16 then, <laughs> pastoring. <laughs> but wow so many great moments i remember my son my youngest son and those of you who were here will remember this or maybe folklore has told the story but my youngest son 6th grade justin was we were doing baptism and i'm in the baptism tank right about here in the other building and the band is in front of us and they're you know we're just like screaming after each person gets baptized and my son these, these they were steps if you remember he just decided to do a cannonball right in the middle of, right? And he just splashed in, and I'm like, yeah, let's, right, let's just go. And he, he like, everybody was wet in front of us. And so, so many great memories here. I, I remember just walking the streets when we first came here. It was, it was a dream, to be honest. Uh, I went to the district and said, we want to, we want to plant a youth church. And so I walked Ann Arbor. I walked Ann Arbor for a whole weekend with my oldest son at the time. He was, he was uh, eighth grade. I think he was in eighth grade. We walked Ann Arbor. And God just didn't really, even though go blue, even though we were really excited about that possibility, it didn't happen. And then they said, you know, there's, there's a building there. We've closed that work. But you're willing to go look at, you know, Go look at it, so we walked Grand Haven, and I had as I said, I had my my oldest son at the time, and they were actually having basketball camp at the same time at the high school and uh, My son was a pretty good baller, he played three years of varsity here at uh, in Grand Haven, and so he walked in the gym with me, and I walk into the gym, and Jaron just takes over and he 's playing ball with all of his friends and it, they were his friends even though he never met them, right? And across the gym is my old high school basketball coach who was actually the varsity coach at the time. And I walked up to him and I said, Coach Taylor, what? Hold it. He's like, right now. I'm like, yeah, my kid, blah, blah, plant a church, right? In that quick conversation, and we just knew that that's what we were supposed to do. And uh, so... Watching what's going on 20 years later is beautiful. Thank you for your commitment to this church, to the kingdom, to your your, your family in watching God move in your family in this place and your commitment to this team, Bobby and others, right? The rest of you, man, it's so great to be back here and celebrate what God is doing. So if you were like part of the original when I was there, would you stand would you do that? If you, even if you were a kid I know Rich is here, man, we've been going back over all the memories, and if you were a kid in that moment too, yeah, yeah, not many, there's a few. There's a few. At the first service we had, there are several more, and uh, I know it's summer also. And, but it was we really tried to plant a youth church. It was young, and now they're all gone, and they're all somewhere else, right? So yeah, hey, let's get into God's word. Amen. Get to acts. Acts chapter 2, and I want to deposit a prophetic word that I have not spoken before to you entitled, I see a church. Can can you see the, the power of that statement? I see a church. I see a church that is... You know, I have the advantage in, Amer- in, 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 this, in this country, I have the advantage of the perspective uh, of traveling and seeing the church in different settings. I call it a blessing curse. <laughs> I, I, never, I, I don't get to be in the same place uh, week to week. But I'm in the small, medium, and large church. I'm in the rural, the suburban in the urban church. I see churches in theaters and churches in in malls and I see churches in in homes in other buildings and it's remarkable to see the church in in its in its entirety. And I want you to know that what I see is both encouraging and discouraging. Because of the condition of the church. How many know that we need an awakening in America? We need an awakening in this nation. And it's not going to come through new websites and cool buildings and taking the pastor out of a suit and putting the pastor in jeans or, you know, the latest it's not going to come through crusades. What's going to happen in America is when the family experiences an awakening and a revival, and the family builds a healthy church in every community. That's what we need in America. It is not the government's fault. The condition of America is not the government's fault, okay? Sorry to tell you that and break that news to you. But it is not the Republicans, or the moderates, or the Democrats. It is not the president's fault. It's not the former president's fault. OK, can we just get that out of the way? The condition of America is not the fault of government. The condition of America is not the fault of education. You might say, no, no, you know, it's, it's, it's the university, or it's the college, or it's, it's the humanism, you know, it's, it's critical race theory, it's whatever. No, it's not. Education is not the problem in our country. You might even say it's social media and it's the Silicon Valley and creating the Internet. And that's not the problem in America. That only revealed the problem in America. Listen, it is not the government or education or social media's fault for the condition of America. It is the responsibility of the church and its family. We are in the condition we are in in America because of an unhealthy church and unhealthy families. I love you. <laughs> I won't be here next week, okay? So come back and hear Pastor Ben. He'll, he'll, he'll be here, all right? So watching, watching the church as I see it in America is really an education in itself. And I couldn't think of a better deposit for you than Acts chapter 2 because of this text at the very end of the chapter. What happened is Jesus is ascended in chapter 1, and he is lifted from the earth, and he has already set up the disciples for this moment. If you go back into John, he had sat with them in, in John 14, 15, and 16, and other places in John And he said i'm leaving but it's better for you remember those words jesus said i'm going to a place and why are you so sad right because he was leaving he he said it is to your advantage that's the word he used it is to your advantage that i go because the power of the holy spirit will come come on are you with me The power of the Holy Spirit will come and build the church and so now we're at that moment Christ in chapter 1 is has ascended and told them wait for the promise that I've been telling you about and then at the beginning of this chapter chapter 2 the promise of the Holy Spirit comes to this earth and when the Holy Spirit came the Holy Spirit lit I love that word do not let culture take lit right maybe your kids say you know that was lit we had it this weekend we got lit you know whatever right I I I get it let me tell you something that's that didn't start with your teenagers that started in the scriptures Uh, really it started all the way back go all the way back to Genesis okay remember when Moses came down from the mountain and yeah Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments he walks into the camp and they couldn't even look at his face Because in the King James, it says, and Moses' face was lit. So anyway, this is not youth camp, okay? But we see the Holy Spirit walk into chapter 2 and fall upon these disciples. And now Peter stands up. This is the guy, Peter, who just weeks before this denied the Lord in front of the Girl Scouts. If you remember that, they're at the campfire, right? And the little girl's like, I saw you. You were with him. And he curses, right? And, and this is the same guy that once the Holy Spirit comes upon him, everything changes. Hello? Listen, I'm used to, I'm used to being in a, in a youth service, in youth conventions and youth camps where they shout me down. So I don't mind if you throw a shoe at me right? Listen, I've had it. This, this summer, a young man threw a shoe at me from, from the right side right over there. It wasn't my size or I would have kept it because they were brand new Kyries. Some of you all know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, but it was like size 10 or 10 and a half and I'm 12. So 12? If you're... Anyway, just said that. Just threw it out there. Just threw it out there. But anyway... And and so now Peter stands and says these words. Look at verse 39. For the promise, everyone say promise. Promise. is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many that the Lord God would call to himself. Do you see that incredible handoff of the faith? Do you see that? That God would give to parents who must give to children, who must then give to their children and to those who come after them. It is remarkable one verse of of posterity, of cycle, of how God expects that we pass the faith off from one generation to the next. Remarkable statement of which we've done a poor job of this in America. Can I drop the stats on you? Right now they say, amongst teenagers in the church today in America, that only about 30 to 32% of them can name half of the Ten Commandments. Not all of the Ten Commandments. Not all of them, a third of the Ten Commandments. Only a third of teenagers in the church can name half of the Ten Commandments I think, to be honest, that's generous. Some of you right now are going through the Ten Commandments, aren't you? You're going through, and you got six, seven, right? Did you forget covet? Eight, right? But this faith handoff, we failed at. Let me give you the statistics. Pew Research and Barna Research Group tell us that the Silent Generation in the room, which are the grandparents, had about a sixty-five percent biblical worldview. That means that you thought about the issues and the and, and the problems in our world through a biblical framework, through a biblical perspective. You used the scriptures to solve issues and problems. Well, the Silent Generation had my generation, Gen X. And they dropped, my generation dropped, from that 65% to about 32%. It dropped in half. And we lost whatever was that our grandparents had. We lost that. And then Gen X, we, we had our first set of kids, which were the millennials. Yeah, please, yeah, yeah, don't, don't, woo woo. Yeah, millennials, like 22 to 36, you know, whatever. Whatever, actually. The millennials, we just, they're there, okay? They dropped to 19%, biblical worldview, from 32 to 19%. So the first set, Gen X dropped in half and almost again for the millennials. And then Gen X, we had the youngest, our youngest kids, which would be the younger brothers and sisters of the millennials, and that's Gen Z today, teenagers today. You know, in in that 8 to 10 uh, age range, just preteen up to about 22, they're Gen Zs in college now. And they dropped to a 4% biblical worldview. Unfathomable. I didn't even believe the stat when it first came out. And I called Barna, I have a friend there who's in the research group, and I called him, I said, David, come on, there is no way, there is no way that that stat went from 65 to 32 to 19, and then from 19 to 4 in a decade, there's no way how that could drop, you know. And he's like, here's the research, we wouldn't have published it. And I'm like, I know, I understand that, but... I can't even grasp my mind around that. And now we have Alpha Gen coming next. The younger brothers of Gen Z, brothers and sisters of Gen Z, where are they going to land when the research comes out this fall? Where are they going to be on that scale? Do we bring them to 14%? does it stay at four does it go to two listen we've done a poor job of handing the faith off from one generation to the next and I can tell you why the scriptures give us the reasons why look at the rest of this text in Acts chapter 2 verse 40 and with many other words Peter testified and exhorted them saying be saved from this perverse generation And those who gladly received the word, they were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Listen, 3,000 souls added, and it wasn't in the temple. Somebody say, oh my. (laughs) Right? It wasn't in the temple. God was moving outside of the temple. You, You know that more miracles took place in the scriptures outside of the temple than ever took place in the temple By far. Keep reading this incredible description of the church. Verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions And goods and divided them among all as anyone had need and city serve began something like that something like that Eric verse 46 so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house what a concept do you see that in the temple in the church in the setting and outside Mm. Man, that's a, you know, I don't know if you write in your Bible, but yeah, you should right there. They went from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Man, we've, simplicity, we've made it so difficult today, haven't we? We've made the kingdom of God so difficult. And yet the foundations of the church are so Simple. finish reading look at what happens 47 praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily daily those who were being saved and they only had to come to the temple once a week so if they were only at the temple once a week then daily he was adding to them that means the church must have been growing outside of the temple That's just a little plug for the connect groups coming up here. Uh, September 19 or something, right? Did you see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit the person next to you. Listen, what a description of the church. What a description. As Luke, under the anointing, writes these words and tells the story of the beginnings of how it all happened. And we have strayed so far from this. You know, most of us would rather go to church than be the church. I want to try this side over here because you all got quiet on that, on that. Most of us would rather go to church than be the church. Do not say preach this early. You might cite me there. Listen, God has not called us to come here to worship. He's called us to come here worshiping. You see the little sleight of hand there? Kind of pull that out there like we just went to Vegas. and Oh, a little card trick. <laughs> I see what you did there. God has not just called us to come here to worship. He's called us to come here worshiping. Because this is who we are, not just what we do. We don't just come to this place to do that. It is an overflow of our personal life. And when we come here, right, God's going to move on Sunday also because He's been moving all week in our lives. God did not just call us to come here to give, He's called us to come here giving. God did not just call us to come here to pray. He called us to come here praying. Do you you see the the shift? Because, listen, we've got this wrong in the West. The American church has, has failed at this. If you look at the Eastern church and what God is doing all over the globe, you would see that the underground church in China is exploding in house churches that cannot grow more than 30 or 40 or 60 that they might pack into a house. And then the authorities will come and take the leader or the pastor or the missionary or the apostle, put them in prison and tell literally tell the rest of the people. If you raise up another leader, we're going to do the same thing with the next one. Thinking that that kind of persecution would kill the church, would disperse the church, would get rid of the church. But watching that that kind of persecution has exploded the church. And we can't fill buildings in America where we worship free. Because we're doing it wrong. It's be, hear me, it's become a presentation and not a presence. i got to get back to the message. i got to get back to the message here. I want to I drop this four specific points to you, and I want you to write these down, and then I'm going to spend just a minute or two on each one, and we're going to pray. Four prophetic words that I believe the Lord wants in, in the DNA of this church moving forward. Number one, if you take care of the church, God will take care of you. This is one of the early principles that I've learned in my life. My children have heard me say this hundreds of times. I dare say thousands of times. I have said this to my kids every week, year after year after year. We're in a group text on Saturday nights. I texted my kids. I showed them pictures of what was going on here yesterday and walked the city again, as I've done so many times, sending them pictures. And my kids were like, wow, Dad, wish we could be there and praying for you, right? Take care of the church, and God will take care of you. It is, hear me, it is his greatest love Did you hear me? It is his greatest love. Number two, the church is all time. The church isn't going anywhere, okay? Contrary to popular belief with some people who are like, well, we're going to see something new moving forward. God's going to do something new. We're going to, you know, we're going to, the church is just, it's old. It's not going to work. Let me tell you something. That is so wrong, God doesn't have another idea. God doesn't have another plan. God doesn't doesn't do oops sales, right? Where it's like, well, that didn't work. Let's 50% off that and start all over again. That's not how God operates. God doesn't sell refrigerators with doors on the wrong side or wheels off or microwaves with no buttons. Hello. God created the church And the church is all time. And the Holy Spirit is building the church. Number three, let me give you the third prophetic point I want to drop into your future, and that is the family. The model of the family. Hear me. Healthy families build healthy children. Healthy children Build healthy churches, and healthy churches build healthy communities. And healthy communities build healthy nations. You can praise Him. I like you. I like you. You're a, we're we're tracking here. We are so tracking right now. I'm next week. I'm at, Can I tell you where I'm at next week? Just come and bring the energy. Just bring it. Just bring it. Follow that through. The model of the kingdom of God is the family. God created the male and female and said, find each other, marry, and have passionate sex, and fill the earth. I said that. (laughs) If you only knew. I just wrote a book on that. Sex and sexuality. And the power of, listen, the power of your identity and who you are. And God said from the very beginning, come together, build families, and take over, manage, subdue the earth. (laughs) Yeah, kids, stop. Stop thinking like that. There's a day coming. And you can build your own family after marriage. That's all free. Just threw that in there. You're welcome, sir. You, I know you wanted me to tell that to your kids there next to you. <laughs> Listen. God doesn't have another plan. L- look at the person next to you and say, you are God's plan. Come on, tell them. Is that discouraging? Hold it. Wait. What? Him? hmm Yeah, her. She is. She, I know you're thinking, there's no way. God, I know you. There's, uh-uh. Yes, by his grace, we are his plan. I mean, look who he used. Look who he began with. A liar, a doubter, a cheater, a stealer. You and me, Right. He began with us, and he's going to finish with us. The church is all time. The church is not going away. It's only going to become stronger as we pass this faith on from one generation to the next, right? Listen, let me give you the fourth one, and, uh, and then I might go over and preach a couple of these points because I have 24 hour, 23 hours before we meet again. No, 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 no. Some of you are like, he's serious. I'm not. I'm starving. Uh, Number four, the faith of the church is for the fears of this world. Have you noticed what's going on in America? In your neighborhood? I've been praying for you the last few months knowing that I was going to be here and I've been praying through my summer season of camps and every once in a while I would just pray for this work and how much it means to me. To be honest, I pray for this work uh, several times a month. Maybe not quite weekly, but often I pray for the family and I pray for this because it's just there, right? It's in the DNA of, 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 of my ministry. And I was praying and God spoke this very clearly to me. I've, this is, I've never, as I said, I've never uh, spoken this message before. And God spoke very clearly me, to me and said, The faith of that church is, hear me, is for Ferrysburg, in Spring Lake, in Grand Haven, in Norton Shores, in West Ottawa, in Allendale, in Muskegon. Do I, do I need to go on and name, name your neighborhood, right? The faith of this church is for the fears of these communities. They don't know where to turn. They don't know where. The, everywhere they do turn is the wrong place. And I believe God has placed you in every neighborhood. God has placed you in every community in West Michigan so that your faith will shine. And not services. Listen, God has not called us to services. He's called us to service. I know, I know that goes against the way we've been trained in America because in America, what we do is we put on a show. Right? That's what we do. We put the platform together, get the, the worship people, all the in-ears, back lights. They're, they're telling me what my next point is on my message right now. <laughs> right? And there's times when I just want to, like, I I didn't drop it. I just want to drop it all, right? Just do a mic drop on it and walk away from it and get back to this. Because God has not called us to services. He's called us to service. Let me tell you something. When is the last time you shared your faith with somebody? When is the last time you worshipped outside of this place? When is the last time you read the scriptures outside of last Sunday when Pastor Ben opened the word? Listen, that will tell you where your faith is at. I love you. (laughs) Awkward. He's angry with us again, Martha. I am. You could be angry and not sin. Hear me. God is speaking prophetically in the church today to prepare our families for the greatest move of God that we're going to see. If you look at our nation, it was begun by revivals and awakenings. The first great awakening in the mid-1700s at this very same time 1730 to 1780, somewhere around there, right about the time this country was forming, it was, it, it was an awakening of epic proportions that began this nation. Began it, by the way, with young people. Revivals that began with young people and their energy and their repentance, and, right? And you, you see some of the things, the, the, the language there. And sustained by adults because adults paid for it. We start the fire, and you, right. Listen, all of these awakenings that took place were the beginnings of this nation. And I, I truly believe that we are going to see a third great, we saw a second great awakening in that late 1700s to about 1860. We saw a second great awakening in this nation. And then we saw, the, we, we saw uh, if you remember, this, this church, this movement, was begun by the Azusa Street outpouring in LA, which actually started in Hot Springs, Arkansas, you know, and moved down through the south in LA in 1901. The Azusa Street outpouring, you Google that and read the incredible story of that movement. Then, the Jesus movement in 1967 to 1978, 79 in Central California. You remember those? I'm a product. I was born in San Francisco in 1963, somewhere around there. (laughs) And I watched as my parents took us in middle school to the Cow Palace, where all of these revivals and awakenings were going on, and people being saved out of the beach and out of the bars. Hear me, we haven't had an awakening in this nation since since the Jesus movement. I, I know if you, if you know a little bit of church history, you're saying, no, young man, no, that's not true. Uh, what about the outpouring in Pensacola and Florida? Yeah, it was regional. It didn't shake our nation. What about Smithton, Missouri, and Toronto Blessing? And I, I understand church history. I know some of you have no idea, but for those of you that might, I just want to let you know, I've thought through this, I've written on this. We haven't had a significant spiritual awakening in this nation since the Jesus movement, and that is almost 60 years. I truly believe that we're going to see another one. But we've got to, we've got to, we've got to get back to this handoff. Let me finish with this. Psalm 78 is the faith handoff from one generation to the next from one generation to the next. You see in Psalm 78, Asaph wrote that psalm. David wrote most of the psalms. Asaph wrote about 18 or 20 of the psalms. And he was writing that psalm. And really, if you were this text, you could take this text and place it into Psalm 78, and it would, it would not be interrupted at all. It's like the same language. And Asaph was writing about the history of Israel, and he said these words, Take the words and the works and the signs and the wonders and the miracles of your forefathers, the decrees, take the commandments, all the about 11 different words that he says, describe the faith. Take those, take those things from your forefathers and hand them to your children. Tie it around their neck and then hand it to their children and tell it to their children and share it again five times he says that and then finally at the end he says and to everyone who would come Psalm 78 it's the same text we've done a poor job of that and when we until until we get back to that faith handoff in America we are not going to see the greatest days of the church and I challenge you in the years to come as a church I challenge you to this faith handoff maybe you're seated here and you're a grandparent and your children aren't here or they're running or I challenge you to this faith handoff as grandparents Gen X those of you that are parents in this place and some of us who are grandparents in this place at that age i challenge you to not forget about your children the millennials and gen z don't forget about them listen the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step and if it just begins with this message or tonight as you gather as a family begin take a step of, of getting your family of handing this faith off to your family and if you are the millennial and the Gen Z today, young, young people today, God is going to use you. Hear me, God is going to use you. H- listen, if you, don't, if you don't, I'm going to say this, I say this everywhere I go to young people, if you don't get on board with this now, you're going to be stunned when all of your friends do because they're at the end of their rope. They are at the end of their search, and hear me. They're going. Hear me. They're going to flood the church in the days to come, and, and they're, they're going to be walking into youth group. They're going to be filling up the chairs of this place, and you didn't even ask them, as you sit here and you, with your cold heart. Your friends are going to come to Christ because it's the only, it's the last place they can turn. And when they show up, they're going to say, "Hold it, you? I, I didn't know you were." You didn't, you never went to first priority. I didn't know you. You're, you're a believer? You're, hello? Amen. Listen, will you stand so I can quit? Because if you stand, I'll quit. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me. I believe the responsibility of the next awakening is on the grandparents not giving up on their parents and parents not giving up on our children because we have another generation coming called Alpha Gen or Gen A or whatever we're going to call them and hear me, how much worse can it get? We need a move of God like we've seen in the past and I I, I truly believe here's the answer God, this is the answer. Promise. The promise is for you, Grandma, Grandpa, and for your children, Gen X. And for their children to come, Millennials and Gen Z and Alpha Gen, it is for all of you see the signs and the wonders and the miracles and the works of God from generation to generation. we got to get back to this. I see a church. Can I read this to you? I wrote this for you, and I'm going to deposit this. In. I didn't get to it in the first service, but I'm going to give this to Pastor Ben. I wrote this for you. The church that I see is a global church, it is local and global. One house with many rooms I see a church prophetic in calling and visionary in nature, committed to boldly impacting millions for Christ in every city and nation. Throughout the earth earth with the greatest of all causes, the cause of our Lord Christ Jesus. Positioned in the heart of culture in large urban centers and small rural fields. I see buildings that struggle to contain the increase of all that God is doing. Occupying land and places that are miraculous in provision and impossible to erase. I see a church that is big enough to dream on a global scale, yet personal enough for everyone to find their local place. I see a church that beckons welcome home to every man, woman, and child that walks through the doors. The church that I see is a worshiping church whose songs reflect a passion for Christ that others sense his magnificence and power a distinct sound that emanates from a healthy church contagious in spirit that resounds from villages and tribes to every city and nation inside and outside I see a church graced with layers of once-in-a-generation leaders who are naturally gifted spiritually potent and genuinely humble leaders who will pay the price and count the cost of impacting cities and nations both saved and lost I see a church whose leadership is united in their commitment to the authenticity, credibility, and quality of its ministry. Leaders who dare to be themselves yet live secure in the knowledge that this part that we play is bigger than even me. I see a church that loves God, loves people, and loves life. Youthful in spirit, generous at heart, faith-filled in confession, loving in nature, and inclusive in expression. The church I see is committed to bring the love and the hope of Christ to impossible situations through the preaching of the gospel and life transformation. A mandate that drives us to do all we can to bring help and solution to all mankind. The church emerges triumphant with potential, a harbor, a hospital, a temple. The church was born for the hopeless and an answer for the ages. The church is the family of God on earth. The hungry find sustenance, the weary receive strength, and the poor find their worth. Hear me. I truly believe in you. And I believe that these simple four principles could be deposited and dropped into the spirit of every home here. Here's how I want to close. We're going to sing in just a moment. We're going, to, we're going to stir the wells again in just a moment. But I want you, if you would, to get into groups right now of no more than four or five, maybe even just your family groups, if your family groups are there. And we're, this is how we're going to close. I know this is awkward, and maybe we have a guest here. Um, so if you're a, a regular, you know, would you just kind of grab somebody that's, that's, that, that maybe feels awkward? But I want you to get into groups right now, and we're going to pray together. Would you get in circles right now all across this place? God asked me to do this everywhere that I go this year. I've done this in churches of thousands, in churches that's smaller than this. And I want to lead you just through four prayers right now. Four prayers. As you're gathered in that group right now, I want you to pray, first of all, for a personal awakening. Will you do that right now? Come on. Just pray for a personal awakening, each one just saying, God. God, I need an awakening in my life. I need a revival in my life. Come on, pray that. Pray the individuals, each one in the group, just pray that. God, I need an awakening in my life. Come on, that's where we're beginning. We can never reach the world if we don't reach ourselves first. Draw a circle around yourself. That's, that's your first responsibility. God, awaken my heart. Awaken my heart. Second thing I want you to pray is for your family right now. If you're in a circle of of your family, mom or dad or guardian, whoever, would you just pray over your family right now? Maybe you're just a, a teenager here or a young adult here, and your family's not here. Would you pray in that circle right now for your family? Pray for mom and dad that are running, right? Pray, mom and dad, pray for a child that's not here, that's running. Call them home right now. Come on, call them home right now. Come on, believe. God, do something in our home. All of my children were healed in our home. Would you pray for healing in your home right now? Listen, this morning, God healed a woman here this morning. We were just in these circles. God healed a woman. We didn't even pray for healing. God healed Sue this morning. Powerful. Right now, come on, just pray for your home right now. One one more minute for your home. God, help us to to land on on one night a week. One night a week, God, at the table to just talk. Talk to just pray together, to read the scriptures together. Come on. I know it's intimidating. I know that might be difficult. But the journey of a 1,000 miles begins with one step. One step. Listen, I want you to now pray for your communities. Pray for your neighbors right now. Pray for your neighbors by name. Some of you know that my wife passed away about six years ago. Before she did, she had a a discipline in our home. We would write all of our neighbors down on a sheet of paper, and we put it inside the food pantry. So every time my kids went to get a snack, we told them they had to pray for the the Martinez family, and they had to pray for the Estes family, and they had to pray for the Johnsons down the road. How many know our neighbors were getting a lot of prayer? (laughs) Listen, will you do that right now? Walk through your neighborhood and pray. Pray for your children right now. Pray for your children's friends right now, for their neighbors. You know them. You're going you're gonna to leave this place today. Drive back into your driveway and see them cutting the lawn or see them out on the porch or see them arguing in the, uh, uh, on the sidewalk, right? Come on. You know. Pray for them right now. God, give me a word. God, give me a word. Give me a word for my family. Come on. Yes, God, I want you to pray finally for this nation. Let's begin to pray for our country right now in those groups. Pray for our president, our president, okay, he's our president. Pray for our president and the cabinet. Pray for congressmen and women, senators, governors, commissioners, superintendents, and building principals and teachers and faculty and staff and coaches. Come on, pray right now for this nation. God, do it again. God, do it again. God, we've seen it before. Would you do it again? Come on, will you pray for the church right now too in America? Pray for the church in America. Some churches are are done. Others are just beginning on the west coast. Come on. Pray that God would move by his spirit in the church. God, move in our families in the church. Come on, young people, pray. Pray for youth group. Come on, young people, pray for your school. Pray for your school. God, we ask, do it again, God. God. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. The greatest days of this church are in the, in, the, in the study of this pastor, in the mind of this pastor, in the heart of this pastor, hearing from the Holy Spirit and delivering that to you. God, awaken this nation in the days to come and use this church. Use this church. God, we ask and pray. Listen, I want you to come around the front of this place as soon as you're done praying, and I want you to sing this as an anthem, as a prayer right now. This team is going to lead us in this right now. Come on. Come on, bring this to us right now. And I want you to call these. I want you not just to sing this word. I want you to pray this word. Come on. Come on, believe this. Believe this. Come on,
0: join us. Join us around the front, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, a blessing over this congregation, over this city, over the nation. And God, I pray that out of the remnants of the Grand Haven Assembly, Lord, that the Gateway Church would continue to, to be blessed and favored, that your hand would be with us. And God, I pray that our best days are ahead. God, I pray for families that will be strong in the Lord, moms and dads that are committed to each other, committed to their kids, that are investing uh, time in in relations, and, and most importantly, they're depositing Jesus into the home. God I just echo what Pastor Jeff was saying Lord that healthy strong Jesus families build strong churches that build strong communities God I pray we receive that we receive that Lord and God I pray that as we leave here in the next moment or two that you would just go before us behind us and around us we pray these things these things, Pastor Jeff. I just want to say thank you again for your word, uh, the word of the Lord. And I just believe uh, that. And I mentioned this first service the, the, the stuff you're bringing families into the mix, uh, talking about youth ministry, but but families. Uh, has really hit a chord uh, with me and Jessica. I mentioned first service. Uh, Jessica and I, in this season, we've said someone's got to do something with with parents. We did a parent survey that a bunch of you were a part of earlier this year. And the, the, the survey results, it just has convicted me and it's challenged me. And so we will be doing a, one of the small groups this fall. We're going to do that and we're going to address and, uh, come alongside you as parents. And that's going to be incredible. But, but, but thank you, pastor Jeff. And then pastor Han, thank you for being here and, uh, for your investment again, and just for blessing us. And I know, uh, Brandon and Lisa and Jordan and, uh, I have, have been a part of what God is continuing to do here and I know you're excited about that And uh, but thank you for honoring us and and thank every one of you guys for, for joining us today and we just look forward to what's next amen? Amen and so I'm just going to pray a quick blessing Lord I pray a blessing over every person again Lord as we leave Lord that you'd go with us we give you the praise, we give you all the glory in Jesus name And all God's people said, amen and amen. Turn and greet someone. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's message from The Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.